1: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Well, happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we're glad you're with us wherever you are around the state of Mississippi or on the Internet, however you tune in. We appreciate it. <coughs> Assistant basketball coach Cal Rone's going to join us here in just a moment. We're going to get the uh, latest on Southern Miss basketball. Andrew Johnson from First Bank is on the show today, along with Kelly Sanner. Opening segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our great buddies, uh, right next to the Hattiesburg Mall. Uh, They serve delicious food seven days a week. You can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, or they'll deliver it to your house. We love Dickie's, and uh, we appreciate all they do, however you choose to enjoy your Dickie's. Uh, Just be sure you do just that at Dickey's Barbecue. All right, uh, Coach Kyle Rohn joins us from Southern Miss Basketball. All the coaches now coming on the show uh, every week and uh, talking to us. We're very, very grateful for that. And, uh, Coach, I'm going to throw this at you. It it appears to me that that maybe the lack of chemistry the team had early Mm -hmm. in the year because of of missing so many games uh, prior to conference play, it seems to me that chemistry may be coming around a little bit. What, What are your thoughts?
3: I, I definitely think so. And, uh, you know, without dragging out the conversation every single time and us, you know, maybe basing it on the, uh, the, the year being different, as we all know, and, uh, uh, you know, with, with some games getting uh, canceled based on COVID and us really not being at the point where we would be in terms of how many non league games we would have played at this point. But in, in, in conjunction with that, which we've already stated over and over, but we're also playing uh, some, some junior college kids and a freshman some very extensive minutes. And any year, uh, whether that be in a normal situation where you have your normal exhibitions and 13 non-league games, it takes those guys uh, a while to get adjusted to uh, uh, you know, the, the, the setting of, of Division One basketball, the, the things that we do inside our system. So now you're starting to see that timeline kind of get to this point of uh, in, in, uh, where we would be maturing a little bit anyway, but also those those guys that were playing those minutes that are new to our program, are kind of kind of coming into their own, so to speak. And uh, it's it's really you can see some individuals getting better. and You know, I think I think as a team we're we're more comfortable. Where you can kind of see us in your terms kind of gelling a little bit, and hopefully that keeps. Um, you know being being in a in a in a situation that kind of helps us win if not we we want to keep progressing and I think we are doing that
2: all right what was the secret this past weekend what what happened that, that made things go so well and I'm assuming you want to carry that into this weekend as well
3: <laughs> Well, we made shots mm-hmm, <laughs> Bob, right. that's a, you know that, that's the one thing we could predict and, I, and I'm saying that somewhat uh, jokingly, but Friday night we really did i think had our probably our best Offensive night, uh, you know, uh, we've made some, uh, you know, made, made, made some buckets from the perimeter that really, really helped open some things up for us, uh, allowed us to have a little more confidence. But So I say that on Friday. It's easy to talk about that when you, when you kind of win in a comfortable fashion. But more so than anything, the one thing that can be consistent, whether shots go in or, or shots do not go in, whether you play on the road, whether you play home, whether you play neutral, is our defensive effort. And I really think we're kind of becoming more and more consistent with that. And that gives us a chance. Obviously you win more comfortable on Friday night, but the shots go in. They don't go in on Saturday. However, because of a consistent effort, um, it gives us a chance to get enough stops in the game to keep their shooting percentage down, to, you know, create enough turnovers on our own that we that we have that we're able to overcome a, a, a maybe a subpar night shooting and a and a really really bad night in terms of taking care of the ball, where we had 20 turnovers. So that that ultimately gives us a chance,
2: right? Luke, get in here,
0: Coach Ronan. Uh, Jaron Pierre this week, third time he's been the Conference USA Freshman of the Week, and we were having this conversation yesterday about his emergence. Has that enabled Jaron's uh, play? Is enabled to take some of the pressure off Tay Hardy, really, to uh, to control the the game on the court for you guys?
3: Absolutely, Luke. a uh, Tremendous question, and uh, appreciate you recognizing Jerron. What you know, he's he's been uh, been a bright spot for us as a as a young kid to to come in and not only play, but he's uh, uh, as you say he's, he's playing very impactful minutes. Uh, uh, and obviously, as as it's kind of transformed, he's he's been our starting point, point. Um, and it has allowed, as you said, Tay Hardy uh, to play more off the ball in a, in a situation where he can kind of make some plays off of Jerron. And uh, I I think, I think Tay and Luke to add to it, I think we could name a few other guys that have, that have really played off of, of uh, Jerron's game. And, and one of them being obviously a, an old veteran is drain. Uh, but at the same time, a, a, a guy like Arthur, you know, who's really come on and had, uh, had, had some good weekends here in these conference series. And so uh, Jerron has helped us, helped us all the way around. He, he's a kid that loves basketball. He, you know he plays hard. Does he make a lot of mistakes? Absolutely. But but the one thing about Jaron is is uh, we we do not have to worry about his effort, and uh, and and it and it has helped us with our, with our guards uh, being able to kind of play off of him a little bit. Because you know you, you bring Tay Hardy's other intangibles in, into the game. He he, may, he he's a kid that we describe him as. He Tay makes winning plays. So so you know every time it comes up, he may be on the line with under a minute to go to win a conference game or may make a big steal uh, or, or run in transition and tay find him and able to make an offensive play. So I think everybody's kind of uh, uh, benefited from Jerron's from play early in his career.
0: DeAndre Pinckney, uh, in been in the lineup the last uh, two games. It's good to see some, some bigger guys, 6'8". Are you looking to basically keep the same lineup this weekend at UTSA, and what do you expect from the Roadrunners?
3: You know, you know, from the seat I sit in, I just I get I get to make suggestions, and Coach Ladner gets to make decisions. Um, but I, I just if I had to, to, to guess, you know, and and, that, and and we always use the term uh, Luke, and I'll use the same one with you. Our, our, our lineup is very, very fluid, and each day. And uh, um, I'm a believer in this, and Coach is too, that you know it's uh, you know how, what do you bring every day, you know, in terms of our lineup. So. Um, that that could change, obviously, but but to answer your question, the best I can, I do think that we will probably uh, stay as close to that as as uh, as we can if those guys can continue to give consistent effort and practice, and uh, and, and that's a perfect example too. DeAndre Pinkney's a guy that junior college kid out of uh, Broward Community College in South Florida, and had a Liz Frank tear in his foot, uh, so he hasn't played since last November. So. He went through the whole um, uh, uh, season last year and played very few minutes um, and then uh, gets here and the, makes a start in the first game of the year at Jacksonville, gets a concussion. So you've got to think his is uh, not only is this particular season gotten cut short, but his has been a little bit of a slower process of getting going. I think you can see him getting more comfortable the more minutes he plays. And, and he's a guy that's skilled and, uh, and helps us on both ends of the floor
2: let me ask you about the atmosphere i know that uh obviously there are some uh, restrictions on attendance but from from what we see we, we see people scrambling to try to get the available tickets that that are available uh for home games what has the atmosphere been like here and how is the atmosphere different on the road as well
3: well you know Bob, great great question there also uh you know, we're we're playing under a Conference USA rule at this point. Now that we're in league play, which is fifteen percent of arenas, um, and uh, you know, which leads to about roughly twelve hundred uh, places uh, seats for us, and and that's pretty much standard uh, among that uh, type arena. So, what what happens is ultimately, you know, and and I'm I'm speaking as a coach, uh, and obviously not as a, a ticket office person or marketing person. What happens is we have you have some some supporters at not only our school but, but schools across the nation that, that, that buy tickets and really support uh, Division One athletics and our athletic department and our student-athletes, which is huge. Not every not every one of those season ticket holders may be a may be a regular attender uh, for whatever reason. It could be because of geographical uh, location and those type things. Um, so you don't see exactly that amount in there, even though because of the, uh, the rules, it you know in a situation like ours, game day tickets aren't necessarily sold. So, uh, you know you you, you don't you, ultimately what the end product is, and, and that's not just at Southern Miss. That 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 same phenomenon is happening all across the country, and that's why you're seeing um, basically you know some arenas that that obviously are limited by attendance, but even by the announced attendance, it, it, a lot of times it's not it's not that number. So. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's unique in that we tell our guys all the time you've got to bring your own energy. Uh, but I will say this, you know, that, that even even our place uh, is, is getting is getting to a point like where we get 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 close, it gets tight, or we make big runs like Friday night, or it gets tight on Saturday. You know, you can you can start to you can start to feel a little atmosphere, even though it may not be by numbers uh, the the biggest atmosphere that could be in Green Coliseum and and and, and on the road also. You know, it's not. Uh, it's, you know we're kind of in there scrimmaging each other at,
2: at some places, basically. All right. Well, Coach, we know you've been operating under difficult circumstances uh, with this virus, but we think you guys are doing a wonderful job, and hopefully things are going to get back to normal soon. In the meantime, let's go get another sweep this weekend. Is that good with you?
3: That'd be huge for us, Bob. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. All
2: right, Coach Kyle Rohn, everybody. Thanks, Thanks a coach. lot for your time, Coach. We appreciate Thanks, you. Bob. Coach Kyle Rohn, uh, assistant coach for Golden Eagle basketball. Really appreciate uh, the coaches coming on the show every week and we'll look forward to having another one on the show next week. Spoon's got to be pretty soon so we're going to run through the rotation of coaches each week here on the Eagle Hour. We'll be right back.
1: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern
2: Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank basketball coach Kyle Rohn for joining us uh, in the first segment of the Eagle Hour today. Look forward to talking to our basketball staff every week here on the Eagle Hour, as well as the football coaches that are now joining us twice a week. So we're very grateful uh, to those guys for that. This segment of the show is sponsored every day, of course, by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, and we appreciate them. Uh, they've got a great selection of Southern Miss paraphernalia, merchandise, clothing, everything you can imagine with the Southern Miss logo. You'll find it uh, all the time at uh, Campus Book Mart and CampusBookMart.net. Our next guest is uh, is the marketing president of First Bank. And, and before we get, uh, get Andrew Johnson here uh, involved in our conversation, I just want to... Let our Golden Eagle listeners around the country and the state know that if you listen on the Internet, if you listen on uh, some of our affiliates, uh, First Bank was the very first company to come on board with the Eagle Hour about three years ago, a little over three years ago when we started this show. And they've been with us every single day. So our ability to get on the air every day and uh, talk to all of you all about Southern Miss Sports and Conference USA Sports is due in no small part. Uh, to First Bank, and we're very, very grateful to them for that. Andrew, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour, and uh, again, our, our complete and total gratitude to, to you and your bank uh, for your sponsorship of our program.
4: Uh, thank you, Bob. I certainly appreciate it. We're proud to have been a supporter of you guys. I uh, really love what you guys do for the for Golden Eagles uh, in Hattiesburg and beyond.
2: Well, I want to talk about First Bank here for a few minutes while we have you on the show. And you know the thing always jumps out at me about First Bank is the same family has owned this bank since 1895. That just, you know, in today's world, that seems almost impossible to believe, doesn't it?
4: That's right. The uh, bank was started by the Covington family in Summit, Mississippi, in 1895. And uh, that family still heavily involved. Our uh, CEO is Jim Covington, uh, who's part of that family, and several other of our upper management is from that family as well.
2: Right. Knowing a little bit about the banking industry, and I've I've got a child that's uh, in the banking industry in Alabama, I I know that uh, the banking industry has changed a lot. And there's been a lot of federal laws that have really changed the way banks can operate. And, uh, you know, almost going by the wayside are the small community banks that that lend money and do business with people largely on their relationships. But First Bank remains one of those community banks, Andrew. And, And there's so many advantages, but tell our listeners what are the advantages of of, of doing business with a community owned bank uh, like yours?
4: Well, th- uh, I appreciate that. The uh, main advantage is just it's a just small family bank. We know every we know everybody we work with uh, from back office loan operations to upper management to the board of directors. Um, we have a fairly high approval authority locally. Um, the uh, senior loan committee who approves our larger loans is. Close-knit group of guys that uh, that uh, ladies and guys that that have meetings quite frequently, so we're all on the same page. We know our customers. A lot of us grew up with the clients, um, or had parents grow up with the clients. Um, so it's just just having a small group uh, you have a close-knit group with to put their heads together, make sure everyone's on the same page to move forward and grow the bank, right? And service our customers,
2: all right? Look, get in here with Andrew Johnson.
0: Andrew, thanks so much for coming on. I think a lot of times, uh, you know, when, when every segment of every day we talk about the uh, First Bank, um, and it's what Bob said. I mean, I think sometimes uh, you guys have provided so much quality customer service in the state of Mississippi to so many people. It's almost like, yeah, yeah, First Bank's always there. You know, they they're always been there. They're always always going to be there. Uh, what has been your experience, you know, across the state, uh, having customers, you know, realize that you guys have been around so long and. And offer so much for your customers.
4: Well, I think one thing for a lot of my clients is, uh, with so many banks changing hands, uh, being purchased, being sold, whatnot, um, the fact that our bank has been the same ownership for its entirety over 100 years. I give some give some uh, peace for my clients that they know they know who they're going to be dealing with. They know the decision making process is going to stay consistent. Uh, whereas if if the bank is purchased, oftentimes they're uh, the I guess, their interest in certain larger loans changes. Uh, so that's one. That's one big thing where our customers just have peace of mind knowing that the bank's going to say the same. They see the same faces. The same faces are running the bank uh, in, the, in upper management and and just uh, uh, shows the stability of the bank.
0: Now a lot of people are intimidated. Uh, you know, they they know they're supposed to walk into a bank, cash a check. You know, the people, the, the tellers, uh, they're they're familiar with them. But, man, you guys that sit in offices, is really intimidating. Uh, it's always, you know, important to have a, a face there. And, and what would you tell people, you know, that listen to the Eagle Hour, maybe looking to take out their first loan, maybe hadn't been in one of those offices, what would you tell them uh, why First Bank is, is there for them and why they uh, n- just need to be reassured that, that you guys are there for them for their first loans?
4: Yeah, no, I understand that completely being a very uh, intimidating walking into a bank Um it's, uh, we, we, we're aware of that and I try to, I, when I'm walking around my office or any of the offices, make sure I speak to the customers, help them feel welcome, uh, offer them coffee if they need. Um, but we do have two offices in Hattiesburg. Uh, we, our Midtown branch is at 3301 Hardy Street. And then we have our newer office. We've been fortunate enough to be in this building for a year now, uh, out on Highway 98, uh, 6300 Highway 98, uh, across the street from Shadow Ridge Subdivision, uh, pretty much. Um, but yeah, just, uh, anytime come, uh, We welcome our clients. We're looking to grow the bank. We're looking to form new relationships with both retail and commercial clients. And our doors are always open for anyone.
2: Now, Andrew, these last three and a half years, you guys have traveled to the Conference USA baseball tournaments with us. You traveled to the Independence Bowl with us. Uh, in Shreveport, on what I think may have been the coldest weather I've ever endured in my lifetime,
4: uh, I, I did not make that game, but I did watch it on TV. Wow. and did Not envy anyone
2: there. That was terrible. It was. It was. Just, I, I tell you what, the people that sat outside, the Southern Miss people that sat outside during that three hours, were much much tougher than Luke or I because we <laughs> we were inside and uh, we we had no interest whatsoever uh, in being out of that cold weather. But you guys. Uh, Again, you know, you've just been so supportive of this show, and I, and I know how supportive the bank is of Southern Miss and Southern Miss Athletics. Talk just a minute about about those ties between your bank and Southern Miss, uh, you know, a, a, a group that you guys have just always shown tremendous support for.
4: Oh, yeah, we. Uh, I'm a graduate of Southern Miss. Uh, I know our uh, market president, Dan McComb, uh, Brad Whitaker, is a Southern Miss graduate. Um uh, everyone knows. I'm sure he's been on the show. Reggie Collier's an employee of the bank, who's instrumental in supporting the university. Uh, we know the university's the lifeblood of Hattiesburg, um, and so uh, supporting it, helping it grow, and uh, spreading the world about what a great university it is—the uh, athletics—just um, uh, that that ultimately helps everyone's business in town. Um, and it's just a, um, we really enjoy doing it, and proud we're in a position where we can.
2: I think that's really important for Southern Miss fans that listen to this show to understand. I've always been a guy that I wanted to do business with businesses that supported uh, the university and the athletic program, and I think it's important for all our listeners to know that First Bank really, really steps up uh, and does that. Uh, Big supporters of the baseball program, obviously big supporters of the football program, and you have in your midst – Maybe the most famous Golden Eagle of all time, the perfect ten, right there at your bank on the Highway ninety eight, Andrew.
4: That's it. His office is right across from mine.
2: Yeah, is he? Is he he's still a celebrity to this day, and he tells he us that all the time. So I'm sure that uh, that must be true, <laughs> right?
4: <laughs> now Reggie does a great job with the bank with uh, business development. uh has many many contacts with the university and and throughout town. Uh, it's been instrumental in bringing in uh, some good business and, and helping the bank continue to grow.
2: Yeah, for people that haven't had the opportunity to get to know Reggie, he's really one of the nicest guys in the world, and he isn't—he really is. is an iconic iconic figure, obviously, uh, in Southern Miss uh, sports history. But you wouldn't know it, you know, if you were just sitting down and uh, and talking to him. He's been on this show many, many times. He reminds us he's never been paid for any appearance, uh, and uh, we're going to keep inviting <laughs> him, Andrew. But just let him know we're still not going to pay him. We uh, yeah, oh, that's fine.
4: That's no problem. I understand. And <laughs> I'll say about Reggie—he's very humble and. Out and about in town, he always uh, takes time to speak to someone who comes up to him.
0: Right, uh, right. So
4: he's a, occasionally, oh,
0: occasionally, thanks. Andrew. He's he's grumpy with us because we interrupt his golf game occasionally. For <laughs> that, that's so, awesome. Well, winter time that. That. it's
4: too cold to be out there playing golf. Right, right. right, right.
0: <laughs> he does get a little
2: grumpy sometimes when we when we pester him uh, during golf season. Hey, well, Andrew, I, again, we just want to thank you and all the uh, people associated with First Bank uh, for your relationship. Uh, with us, it means the world to us. And, again, I want all of our listeners to know that First Bank plays a major, major role in allowing us uh, to come on the air every day and uh, talk Southern Miss sports to our listeners and, and Southern Miss fans around the state and the country. And, and we appreciate you very much, my friend.
4: Oh, Thank you, Bob. We appreciate appreciate you and what you do for the university and the athletic department. All right.
2: Thanks for your time. Andrew Johnson, everybody, the market president of uh, First Bank here in Hattiesburg. And uh, he's right. When you go in that new office on 98, uh, Luke, I mean, you walk right. There's the perfect 10 sitting right there.
0: And it's such a cool layout. We we had the opportunity last year at Christmas. Santa Claus was there, and we had a, we were able to keep Kelly from stealing presents and stuff. But man, right. it is a really really cool layout. It's not laid out like a like a you think like a normal bank. It's really customer friendly in regarding to you know the interactions. And you know you people out there, if you've never been, if you've never done a bank loan before, I mean I, I did mine. You know about. Six, seven years ago for the first time. Went in one of those offices. People at First Bank, so friendly, able there, able to help you with anything you want there. So uh, don't be afraid. Go see our friends at First Bank. There we go. Andrew Johnson, uh, market president of First Bank here in
2: Hattiesburg. All right, we're going to continue the Eagle Hour with Kelly Sander next. Uh, Lots more to come. Please don't go anywhere.
1: Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Back on a Wednesday, middle of the week. Glad to have you along for the ride with us on the Eagle Hour. However you're listening to us today, maybe you're Live on the radio, maybe you're catching this later on a podcast. You can always get the Eagle Hour on demand at supertalk.fm. Also, you can get it at supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, or... Anywhere in the world, Apple, uh, the app store, the podcast, uh, Google play stitcher, Spotify, all those things you can hear, uh, Bob, me and Kelly talk about Southern Miss every single day. Third segment of the Eagle hour brought to you by four street bar and grill located on Fourth street catfish Friday coming up soon. AFC, NFC championships, both this weekend. I am all in as a third cousin on the Buffalo bills. So, uh, that's who I'm pulling for the rest of the way. Uh, and 4th Street Bar and Grill will have both games this coming Sunday. So if you don't have plans to go watch, a bunch of friends you can hang out with at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly Center joins us now on the phone. And, and guys, this is an official, no official announcement been made uh, as as far as I can tell right now. Uh, but we're hearing a lot of rumbling. Started yesterday, started, uh, continued this morning. Uh, word on the street is, and again, we say that word on the street is that, uh, Southern Miss wide receiver Tim Jones, uh, is looking or will, will probably declare for the NFL draft and also hearing, um, that Tate Watley may possibly just kind of be moving on, uh, with his life and, and not continue football as a Golden Eagle. Uh, we all know, man, that vicious shot he took at Liberty and, uh, we, you know, he, he couldn't play for a couple weeks after that. And just hearing those two guys are probably no longer going to suit up for the black and gold. And, and so, Kelly, you know, if it's true with Tim Jones moving on, um, if you he's a dynamic playmaker, best wide receiver Golden Eagles had, but you look at the talent still remaining in that wide receiver core and you look at the new talent that's brought in with this class. I mean, if the Golden Eagles could uh, afford to lose a, a starter, it was almost at the wide receiver position.
1: Yeah, yeah if it is true, you know, you hate that because obviously, you know, you could have another year. Of eligibility because of the special COVID rules, um, but you'd you know, also like to know what, what factors into that decision. I mean, I know every single player that plays at the collegiate level has a dream of playing, you know, in, in the National Football League or the ma- Major League Baseball or whatever the sport might be. Um, but you also have to, you know, be hearing from people as to what are the realistic, you know, prognosis of, of being able to be drafted in a in a relatively good position. You know, which can financially you know feather your nest. So if if he does declare for the NFL draft, you know, you'd hate to to declare and then get be left out in the cold of of not being drafted or you know things like that. Because usually... what happened to
0: Go ahead. Corey Robertson, Kelly? You remember him? Same same situation, you know. He he set the record and and came out and didn't make a splash at all. And you know, we were talking to Desmond Lindsey yesterday, and he was the guy that really coached Corey Robertson to, to where he was. And you just you don't want Tim Jones to be like that, like you were saying. Sorry to interrupt, but you you don't want Tim Jones to, to jump to jump to the NFL early and be a seventh round pick. Where if he'd have waited another year, you know, he'd been a third round pick or not even get drafted at all and kind of get lost in the in the cracks.
1: Yeah, because, because statistically, and it does happen, I mean, and, you know, Demichael uh, Harris, you know, was, was an un, um, undrafted, you know, free agent that, that, you know, latched on with the, the Colts this year, but generally speaking, that does not happen, you know. Um, so, yeah, you have, to, you have to really take what you're hearing from agents and all these people with a little bit of a grain of salt, uh, and you hope, that, you hope that they're shooting straight with you. Um, but your point is well taken. I think that, and you know, a lot, a lot of the teams, and what use Iowa State for example, where I went. Almost all those guys, you know, they had a record season this year, and there'd be a real, um, real opportunity for some of them to to start, you know, grinning like show dogs and believing their own press and jumping into the NFL. But almost all of them are coming back, you know. So if that if that allure of the NFL is there this year, it most certainly would be there next year. You know, barring a severe injury, and that's always a chance to take when you play football. But if that is uh, Tim's decision, we certainly support it and wish him the best. But um, but, And I hope that works out for them. if indeed, again, that, that turns out to be the case. But, Luke, earlier you were saying that this show was available on all these different formats. Did you say Tinder, that we're available on Tinder?
0: No. Or no, okay. or Match.com, so you can't listen to yourself on that website
1: either. <laughs> okay. Match well, stuff you you can 't match up with yourself anyway that 's a little uh, bit weird I yeah. mean or, so i've been told, let me, so I've been told. Yeah,
0: yeah. let me ask you this, and then Bob chime in on this too, so <laughs> if Tate Whatley, if what we 're hearing is true with Tate watley and he's he 's you know moving on and, and basically just kind of calling it a career. Um, that puts the gold niggles at three scholarship players at quarterback. So, Webb's coming in, Key's coming in. Trey Lowe's the only guy left. You know, you entered this year with Lowe, uh, Watley and Abraham. Um, th- does that mean that one of these scholarships that opens up, Kelly, uh, we, we have to sign a quarterback? I mean, it's hard to believe. You don't want to get in a situation where, you know, a, a walk on is your backup quarterback late in the season.
1: No, I don't think, I don't think it necessarily means that case. I think in a way it, it can be, it could be a blessing if that's going to be the case, because you know Coach Hall and his staff could look over um, you know the, the entire personnel package and say, "Where do we really, really need some help?" And that could be used as a you know, to, to use one football terms, that could be used as a flex you know scholarship, you know use it where you need it. but I you know of course I've never coached a college football game, but I would be comfortable with with three quarterbacks you know going into the season and maybe see where where things shake out, and of course, you've always got the dreaded transfer portal, and from what I hear, there are some players available. Yeah, a few. <laughs> yeah. And and if, and if there aren't any today, you know, wait tomorrow. There will be a couple hundred right. more tomorrow uh, to choose from. So uh, that's the way I would, I would approach it. But, again, I trust Coach Hall, obviously, to make those decisions.
2: Well, not that we know. I, I, Tate Watley, I, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I wish the kid the best. I thought he really looked good when he got an opportunity to play this year, and I I felt like he would probably really be in the running, uh, you know, as competitive for a starting job. But now that he's gone, Luke Johnson, who who is the front runner to be the quarterback for the Golden Eagles?
0: Well, I mean, you know, you end the season with with Trelo, um and you know he he looked good against FAU, and he got more confidence, and I think a lot of people. Uh, they were real excited to see Trey Lowe and then they were really down on him when they watched him play, but at the same token, he never got any practice reps until the last couple you know, uh, weeks of the season, and that was just because of the Jack Abraham fiasco and some of the things that happened like that. But you know, To, to be honest, I would say maybe Trey Lowe is, is looking at number two going into the spring, and it's just because T-Webb, uh, the freshman transfer from the University of Louisville, uh, he's been real familiar with Will Hall, and I don't say that's Say that Hall would be, you know, preferring Webb over over Low, but. You know, uh, they've known each other for a long time, and you got to feel like uh, you know communication is pretty good there. Webb can run, uh, and I think he's he's probably maybe a little more accurate as a passer from the things we've heard. At the same token, and I, with that said, it's wide open in the spring. I mean, uh, I'm certain certain guys on the team, you know, might lean low a little bit just because uh, he went to battle with them this year, but it's wide open for the spring.
2: Do we know if has the conference officially approved spring football this year? You know, they. That was a problem last year. Have we heard anything about that? Have not. No. Boy, that's important. No, that's important. And,
1: and see, Luke, I was I was going to go with what you just said. See, I think I think Lowry has to be the number one guy going in. And I know there's much much heralded about about Keys out of Taylorsville, and there's no and there's no doubt about the fact that he's a that he's has a lot of a lot of skill. But remember now, this kid came from. And he was a man among boys in a 2A state championship game, but the key phrase there is 2A. You know, you can't uh, encourage Eagle fans not to put too much pressure on this kid to develop any quicker, you know, than he needs to. I mean, 2A.
0: High and the other thing football, with, with Keys, he's not coming in early. He's going to come in in the summer. And so that uh, yeah. he's not going to go through spring ball, and that puts but, him but, way behind yeah, the but, ball.
1: But, I mean, asking a kid at a 2A high school to come into a Division one school and and hit the ground running and be ready to start. You know, that, let's, let's just be realistic here. Um, you know, that, 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 so really, you know, I think it's a, it is a, a two-man race, and I think that Keys is going to develop into the great quarterback that he can be. But 2A high school football and Division one college football, a little bit of difference there. So, hmm.
2: Yeah, it's like the difference in Cincinnati Bengal football in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's a big gap. <laughs>
1: This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by is it is a Fourth Street Bar uh,
0: and Grill, isn't it? Yeah. No, no. It's brought to you. It's brought to you by the NFC East, the worst division in football. Oh, there, there you go. go. Did, did you the guys
2: uh, remind me? I, I can't remember who won the NFC East this year. Do You remember, well, uh,
0: Kelly? It's a team that doesn't have a name.
2: The team with no name. Yes, that's Again, we exactly We can't, right. can't
1: come up with it. So hey, speaking look, of uh, Go ahead. Of head, headlines, guys. in The NFL. Philip Rivers called it to quits
2: yeah. today at age thirty-nine. Great player
1: retiring uh, as quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, and Drew Brees' wife, Brittany, was on social media, and she was saying that, uh, that people probably don't know it, but at different times during the season that Drew broke, Drew played this season with, at times, nine broken ribs, a collapsed lung, a uh, torn fascia in his foot, and a collapsed lung, if I didn't already mention that, but all, all kinds of injuries, inch- and a torn rotator cuff. All those things he played with at different times during this season. I would think that that sets him up to make an announcement about retiring uh, sometime soon. I would be shocked if he doesn't.
2: Well, if he does, and and he, along with Phillip Rivers, retires, that's really two of the greatest quarterbacks we've seen, my view, uh, in the last 15 years in the league. I really hate to see both of them step down.
1: And then if Alex Smith and Ben Roethlisberger go, there's
2: there's there's two more. Two more, yeah. All right, we'll be back more Eagle Hour after this.
1: miss
0: to the top Four segment brought to you by toyota of hattiesburg located on highway 98 west in hattiesburg mississippi always online at toyota luke johnson bob getty kelly santer From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, I'm in Laurel, Bob's in Hattiesburg, Kelly on the phone with us. Guys, uh, Southern Miss Baseball and Twitter putting out uh, this a few minutes ago schedule update. We are close to releasing our 2021 baseball schedule. We understand your frustration with it being so late, but please be mindful of the many changes that have taken place with covid your excitement and enthusiasm for USM baseball is greatly appreciated. That is a very, 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 very nice way, guys, of saying that we're waiting on Conference USA. Um, what we do know are that there have already been some uh, series announced, and we know that February 26th, 27th, and 28th, UConn is coming to the Pete. Uh, April sixth, Nichols State at Southern Miss, and then Bob, you and I have been waiting on this one on my birthday. So they pulled it off in honor of my thirty eighth birthday. Southern Miss against Mississippi State in Pearl at Trustmark on March the second. So they managed to get yeah. it done. Mm-hmm. Still kind of waiting on some of those others, but uh that's good news. Always good yeah. news to
2: play them. I don't think I I don't think you're gonna see a, a series between Ole Miss and and Southern Miss this year, but I think that's just a one-year pause in that.
1: And I, and, and, and taking a cheap shot at Conference USA, that was saying we're waiting on Conference USA. Give them a break; they just got done getting out the 2020 football schedule.
2: Well, they do, but I tell you what, you can do. You can still go on their website and see the scores from the uh, last baseball games that were played last spring before they canceled them. If that's the if that's yeah, any encouragement, yeah, in March of last yeah. year, correct? Yes. Yeah.
1: So let's, yeah, let's not rush them now.
2: No, no, don't push them look, too hard.
1: Yeah, because people have asked us. They go, well, how, if, if Southern hasn't released the schedule, how do we know that these other schools are coming here? And it's because these other schools have oh, released correct. their schedule, right? So, so we know that you know because Nichols has released its schedule. You know, the Colonels have already announced that they're coming, and the same thing with UConn. We know that the Demons of Northwestern State. You know, are, are coming here as well. So, although we do have some specific dates because those other schools <laughs> released them, mm-hmm. so you know, lots of, you know, who Southern Miss is going to play, but the, some of the dates mm-hmm. on some of them aren't as specific. But, um, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing like, you know, waiting to the last minute. And, and you have to wonder, too, are there, are there going to be attendance limitations? Even though it's outside. You know, are we are we going to be in that type of situation well, too? As more and more people yeah. are getting, you know, I can vaccinated. I can
2: speak to that. As of Friday of last week, the the school didn't know. I mean, they they were waiting on guidance from the governor's office. So I, I think it's going to be up to the governor. I think the governor is going to decide how many people can go uh, to college baseball games this spring. I hate to say that, but I I, I think that's going I mean, to mean it's got to be
0: what twenty five percent. So in the peat, yeah. that would roughly be twelve hundred to fifteen hundred fans, something yeah, like that.
2: I mean, that's that's not what normally is going to be in there. So, going to be a lot of people on the outside looking in. If that if that holds to be true, and, and,
1: and Bob, we we also are hearing, and you guys can either confirm or deny this. We are hearing out of Washington D.C. today that uh, that President Biden is is saying that all those that, that go to the baseball games will get to go for free.
0: Everything uh, is free, Kelly. Uh, are you kidding me? That's exactly oh, okay. right. Right, right. Uh, oh, okay. Southern Miss <laughs> Sports Biden has has made an appearance now, uh, replacing Southern Miss Sports Trump. And in typical Biden fashion, I mean, already in, in today, the tweets are uh, free tickets for all Southern Miss fans. Uh, now all Southern Miss athletic teams will begin against their opponent 10 points or 10 runs ahead. And every Southern Miss fan is getting a $1 billion stipend each. Yeah. So all of that coming from Southern Miss sports Biden, and those are supposed to be along with the 17 executive orders that are announced today as well. Right. And,
1: and another big difference was that with the, with the the Southern Miss sports, Trump, Mexico was going to pay for all this, and now with Southern Miss
2: <laughs> We're going to pay for it.
1: You got that right, <laughs> Right. Buddy.
2: Now we're, working people are going to pay for it. That's who's going to pay for it, Yeah. <laughs> you got Hey, so real quick, back to, back to those teams. Uh, Kelly, you know more about this. I mean, I know Northwestern State will be a really competitive team coming here. Nickel State yeah. plays pretty good baseball, too, don't they?
1: Yeah, they do. You know, it, it's interesting, Bob, that you mention that. Because when you take a look at that, that Southland Conference and, and, uh, and the Sun Belt, and some of these other, other teams, lots of times it's, it's really close as to who these coaches were. You know, there's only a certain amount of scholarships that you can give. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to, you know, what, what really is the difference? When you look at like the the uh, Nichols roster and the Northwestern State roster compared to like a Southern Miss roster, the biggest difference you're going to see is not necessarily the skill set, but plain and simple size. Yeah. Where you're going to see a lot of guys at Southern Miss that are the six four, six two, six three variety. The Nichols and Northwestern State guys are going to be the six one, six foot five eleven variety. That's
2: interesting. Yeah, you
1: yeah. know. So their skill sets are not a whole lot different. But usually with the bigger guys, you get a little bit more pop to the bat. You get a little bit stronger arm. You know, that kind of thing. But that's really the only thing that that delineates a lot of these athletes.
2: It's going to be competitive, going to be fun, and we can't wait. All right, that wraps up the Eagle Hour today. The guys and I will be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss.
0: To the the top. top keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle
2: to the sea.